In his opening remarks at the HPSCI hearing, which were drafted in consultation with the Department of Justice, Comey stated that he had been authorized by the Department of Justice to confirm that the FBI, as part of its counterintelligence mission, is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election and that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's effort ones. As with any counterintelligence investigation, this will also include an assessment of whether any crimes were committed. Salam alaikum everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to, to every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, shame on you! I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their, change lives, their lives forever. forever. Well, that didn't happen, and here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and fighting our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. Comey added that he would not comment further on what the FBI was doing and whose conduct it was examining because the investigation was ongoing and classified but he observed that he had taken the extraordinary step in consultation with the Department of Justice of briefing this Congress's leaders in a classified setting in detail about the investigation. Comey was specifically asked whether President Trump was under investigation during the campaign or under investigation now. Comey declined to answer, stating, please don't overinterpret what I've said as is the chair and ranking no, we have briefed him in great detail on the subjects of the investigation and what we're doing, but I'm not gonna answer about anybody in this forum. Comey was also asked whether the FBI was investigating the information contained in the Steele reporting, and he declined to answer. According to McGahn and Donaldson, the president had expressed frustration with Comey before his March 20 testimony, and the testimony made matters worse. The president had previously criticized Comey for too frequently making headlines and for not attending intelligence briefings at the White House, and the president suspected Comey of leaking certain information to the media. McGahn said the president thought Comey was acting like his own branch of government. 
Press reports following Comey's March 20 testimony suggested that the FBI was investigating the president, contrary to what Comey had told the president at the end of the January 6, 2017 intelligence assessment briefing. McGahn, Donaldson, and senior adviser Stephen Miller recalled that the president was upset with Comey's testimony and the press coverage that followed because of the suggestion that the president was under investigation. Notes from the White House Counsel's Office dated March 21, 2017, indicate that the president was beside himself over Comey's testimony. The president called McGahn repeatedly that day to ask him to intervene with the Department of Justice, and, according to the notes, the president was getting hotter and hotter, get rid? Officials in the White House Counsel's Office became so concerned that the president would fire Comey that they began drafting a memorandum that examined whether the president needed cause to terminate the FBI director. At the president's urging, McGahn contacted Boente several times on March 21, 2017, to seek Boente's assistance in having Comey or the Department of Justice correct the misperception that the president was under investigation. Boente did not specifically recall the conversations, although he did remember one conversation with McGahn around this time where McGahn asked if there was a way to speed up or end the Russia investigation as quickly as possible. Boente said McGahn told him the president was under a cloud and it made it hard for him to govern. Eboant recalled telling McGahn that there was no good way to shorten the investigation and attempting to do so could erode confidence in the investigation's conclusions. Boente said McGahn agreed and dropped the issue. The president also sought to speak with Boente directly, but McGahn told the president that Boente did not want to talk to the president about the request to intervene with Comey. McGahn recalled Boente telling him in calls that day that he did not think it was sustainable for Comey to stay on as FBI director for the next four years, which McGahn said he conveyed to the president. Boente did not recall discussing with McGahn or anyone else the idea that Comey should not continue as FBI director. 3. The president asks intelligence community leaders to make public statements that he had no connection to Russia. In the weeks following Comey's March 20, 2017 testimony, the president repeatedly asked intelligence community officials to push back publicly on any suggestion that the president had a connection to the Russian election interference effort. On March 22, 2017, the president asked Director of National Intelligence Daniel Coates and CIA Director Michael Pompeo to stay behind in the Oval Office after a presidential daily briefing. According to Coates, the president asked them whether they could say publicly that no link existed between him and Russia. Coates responded that the Office of the Director of National Intelligence ODNJ, has nothing to do with investigations and it was not his role to make a public statement on the Russia investigation. Pompeo had no recollection of being asked to stay behind after the March 22 briefing, but he recalled that the president regularly urged officials to get the word out that he had not done anything wrong related to Russia. Coates told this office that the president never asked him to speak to Comey about the FBI investigation. Some ODNI staffers, however, had a different recollection of how Coates described the meeting immediately after it occurred. According to senior ODNI official Michael Dempsey, Coates said after the meeting that the president had brought up the Russia investigation and asked him to contact Comey to see if there was a way to get past the investigation, get it over with, end it, or words to that effect. 
Dempsey said that Coates described the president's comments as falling somewhere between musing about hating the investigation and wanting Coates to do something to stop it. Dempsey said Coates made it clear that he would not get involved with an ongoing FBI investigation. Edward Gistero, another ODNI official, recalled that right after Coates's meeting with the president, on the walk from the Oval Office back to the Eisenhower Executive Office building, Coates said that the president had kept him behind to ask him what he could do to help with the investigation. Another ODNI staffer who had been waiting for Coates outside the Oval Office talked to Gistero a few minutes later and recalled Gistero reporting that Coates was upset because the president had asked him to contact Comey to convince him there was nothing to the Russia investigation. On Saturday, March 25, 2017, three days after the meeting in the Oval Office, the president called Coates and again complained about the Russia investigations, saying words to the effect of, I can't do anything with Russia, there's things I'd like to do with Russia, with trade, with ISIS, they're all over me with this. Coates told the president that the investigations were going to go on and the best thing to do was to let them run their course. Coates later testified in a congressional hearing that he had never felt pressure to intervene or interfere in any way and shape with shaping intelligence in a political way, or in relationship to an ongoing investigation. On March 26, 2017, the day after the president called Coates, the president called NSA Director Admiral Michael Rogers. The president expressed frustration with the Russia investigation, saying that it made relations with the Russians difficult. The president told Rogers the thing with the Russians was messing up his ability to get things done with Russia. The president also said that the news stories linking him with Russia were not true and asked Rogers if he could do anything to refute the stories. Deputy Director of the NSA Richard Leggett, who was present for the call, said it was the most unusual thing he had experienced in 40 years of government service. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. After the call concluded, Leggett prepared a memorandum that he and Rogers both signed documenting the content of the conversation and the president's request, and they placed the memorandum in a safe. But Rogers did not perceive the president's request to be an order, and the president did not ask Rogers to push back on the Russia investigation itself. Rogers later testified in a congressional hearing that as NSA director he had never been directed to do anything he believed to be illegal, immoral, unethical or inappropriate and did not recall ever feeling pressured to do so. In addition to the specific comments made to Coates, Pompeo, and Rogers, the president spoke on other occasions in the presence of intelligence community officials about the Russia investigation and stated that it interfered with his ability to conduct foreign relations. On at least two occasions, the president began presidential daily briefings by stating that there was no collusion with Russia and he hoped a press statement to that effect could be issued. Pompeo recalled that the president vented about the investigation on multiple occasions, complaining that there was no evidence against him and that nobody would publicly defend him. Rogers recalled a private conversation with the president in which he vented about the investigation, said he had done nothing wrong, and said something like the Russia thing has got to go away. Coates recalled the president bringing up the Russia investigation several times, and Coates said he finally told the president that Coates's job was to underscore provide intelligence and not get involved in investigations. 4. The president asks Comey to lift the cloud created by the Russia investigation. On the morning of March 30, 2017, the president reached out to Comey directly about the Russia investigation. 
According to Comey's contemporaneous record of the conversation, the president said he was trying to run the country and the cloud of this Russia business was making that difficult. The president asked Comey what could be done to lift the cloud. Comey explained that we were running it down as quickly as possible and that there would be great benefit, if we didn't find anything, to our good housekeeping seal off approval, but we had to do our work. Comey also told the president that congressional leaders were aware that the FBI was not investigating the president personally. The president said several times, we need to get that fact out. The president commented that if there was some satellite, which Comey took to mean an associate of the president's or the campaign, that did something, it would be good to find that out but that he himself had not done anything wrong and he hoped Comey would find a way to get out that we weren't investigating Hearn. After the call ended, Comey called Boente and told him about the conversation, asked for guidance on how to respond, and said he was uncomfortable with direct contact from the president about the investigation. On the morning of April 11, 2017, the president called Comey again. According to Comey's contemporaneous record of the conversation, the president said he was following up to see if Corny did what the president had asked last time getting out that he personally is not under investigation. Comey responded that he had passed the request to Boente but not heard back, and he informed the president that the traditional channel for such a request would be to have the White House counsel contact DOJ leadership. The president said he would take that step. The president then added, because I have been very loyal to you, very loyal, we had that thing, you know. In a televised interview that was taped early that afternoon, the president was asked if it was too late for him to ask Comey to step down. The president responded, no, it's not too late, but you know, I have confidence in him. We'll see what happens. You know, it's going to be interesting. After the interview, Hicks told the president she thought the president's comment about Comey should be removed from the broadcast of the interview, but the president wanted to keep it in, which Hicks thought was unusual. Later that day, the president told senior advisors, including McGahn and Priebus, that he had reached out to Comey twice in recent weeks. The president acknowledged that McGahn would not approve of the outreach to Comey because McGahn had previously cautioned the president that he should not talk to Comey directly to prevent any perception that the White House was interfering with investigations. The president told McGahn that Comey had indicated the FBI could make a public statement that the president was not under investigation if the Department of Justice approved that action. After speaking with the president, McGahn followed up with Boente to relay the president's understanding that the FBI could make a public announcement if the Department of Justice cleared it. McGahn recalled that Boente said Comey had told him there was nothing obstructive about the calls from the president, but they made Comey uncomfortable. According to McGahn, Boente responded that he did not want to issue a statement about the president not being under investigation because of the potential political ramifications and did not want to order Comey to do it because that action could prompt the appointment of a special counsel. Boente did not recall that aspect of his conversation with McGahn, but did recall telling McGahn that the direct outreaches from the president to Comey were a problem. Boente recalled that McGahn agreed and said he would do what he could to address that issue. Analysis. In analyzing the president's reaction to Sessions's recusal and the requests he made to Coates, Pompeo, Rogers, and Comey, the following evidence is relevant to the elements of obstruction of justice. A. Obstructive Act. The evidence shows that, after Comey's March 20, 2017 testimony, the president repeatedly reached out to intelligence agency leaders to discuss the FBT's investigation. 
but witnesses had different recollections of the precise content of those outreaches. Some ODNI officials recalled that Coates told them immediately after the March 22 Oval Office meeting that the president asked Coates to intervene with Comey and stop the investigation. But the first-hand witnesses to the encounter remember the conversation differently. Pompeo had no memory of the specific meeting, but generally recalled the president urging officials to get the word out that the president had not done anything wrong related to Russia. Coates recalled that the president asked that Coates state publicly that no link existed between the president and Russia, but did not ask him to speak with Comey or to help end the investigation. The other outreaches by the president during this period were similar in nature. The president asked Rogers if he could do anything to refute the stories linking the president to Russia, and the president asked Comey to make a public statement that would lift the cloud of the ongoing investigation by making clear that the president was not personally under investigation. These requests, while significant enough that Rogers thought it important to document the encounter in a written memorandum, were not interpreted by the officials who received them as directives to improperly interfere with the investigation. B. Nexus to a proceeding. At the time of the president's outreaches to leaders of the intelligence agencies in late March and early April 2017, the FBI's Russia investigation did not yet involve grand jury proceedings. The outreaches, however, came after and were in response to Comey's March 20, 2017 announcement that the FBI, as a part of its counterintelligence mission, was conducting an investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. Comey testified that the investigation included any links or coordination with Trump campaign officials and would include an assessment of whether any crimes were committed. C. As described above, the evidence does not establish that the president asked or directed intelligence agency leaders to stop or interfere with the FBI's Russia investigation and the president affirmatively told Comey that if some satellite was involved in Russian election interference it would be good to find that out. But the president's intent in trying to prevent Sessions's recusal, and in reaching out to Coates, Pompeo, Rogers, and Comey following Corny's public announcement of the FBT's Russia investigation, is nevertheless relevant to understanding what motivated the president's other actions towards the investigation. The evidence shows that the president was focused on the Russia investigation's implications for his presidency and, specifically, on dispelling any suggestion that he was under investigation or had links to Russia. In early March, the president attempted to prevent Sessions's recusal, even after being told that Sessions was following DOJ conflict of interest rules. After Sessions recused, the White House Counsel's Office tried to cut off further contact with Sessions about the matter, although it is not clear whether that direction was conveyed to the president. The president continued to raise the issue of Sessions's recusal and, when he had the opportunity, he pulled Sessions aside and urged him to unrecuse. The president also told advisors that he wanted an attorney general who would protect him, the way he perceived Robert Kennedy and Eric Holder to have protected their presidents. The PR, president made statements about being able to direct the course of criminal investigations, saying words to the effect of, you're telling me that Bobby and Jack didn't talk about investigations? Or Obama didn't tell Eric Holder who to investigate? After Comey publicly confirmed the existence of the FBT's Russia investigation on March 20, 2017, the president was beside himself and expressed anger that Comey did not issue a statement correcting any misperception that the president himself was under investigation. 
The president sought to speak with acting Attorney General Boente directly and told McGahn to contact Boente to request that Comey make a clarifying statement. The president then asked other intelligence community leaders to make public statements to refute the suggestion that the president had links to Russia, but the leaders told him they could not publicly comment on the investigation. On March 30 and April II, against the advice of White House advisors who had informed him that any direct contact with the FBI could be perceived as improper interference in an ongoing investigation, the president made personal outreaches to Comey asking him to lift the cloud of the Russia investigation by making public the fact that the president was not personally under investigation. This free audio is provided by MuellerReportAudioBook.com. Evidence indicates that the president was angered by both the existence of the Russia investigation and the public reporting that he was under investigation, which he knew was not true based on Comey's representations. The president complained to advisors that if people thought Russia helped him with the election, it would detract from what he had accomplished. Other evidence indicates that the president was concerned about the impact of the Russia investigation on his ability to govern. The president complained that the perception that he was under investigation was hurting his ability to conduct foreign relations, particularly with Russia. The president told Coates he can't do anything with Russia, he told Rogers that the thing with the Russians was interfering with his ability to conduct foreign affairs, and he told Comey that he was trying to run the country and the cloud of this Russia business was making that difficult. D. Events leading up to and surrounding the termination of FBI Director Comey. Overview. Comey was scheduled to testify before Congress on May 3, 2017. Leading up to that testimony, the president continued to tell advisors that he wanted Comey to make public that the president was not under investigation. At the hearing, Comey declined to answer questions about the scope or subjects of the Russia investigation and did not state publicly that the president was not under investigation. Two days later, on May 5, 2017, the president told close aides he was going to fire Comey, and on May 9, he did so, using his official termination letter to make public that Comey had on three occasions informed the president that he was not under investigation. The president decided to fire Comey before receiving advice or a recommendation from the Department of Justice, but he approved an initial public account of the termination that attributed it to a recommendation from the Department of Justice based on Comey's handling of the Clinton email investigation. After Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein resisted attributing the firing to his recommendation, the president acknowledged that he intended to fire Comey regardless of the DOJ recommendation and was thinking of the Russia investigation when he made the decision. The president also told the Russian foreign minister, I just fired the head of the FBI. He was crazy, a real nut job. I faced great pressure because of Russia. That's taken off. I'm not under investigation. Evidence. Comey testifies before the Senate Judiciary Committee and declines to answer questions about whether the president is under investigation. On May 3, 2017, Comey was scheduled to testify at an FBI oversight hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee. McGahn recalled that in the week leading up to the hearing, the president said that it would be the last straw if Corny did not take the opportunity to set the record straight by publicly announcing that the president was not under investigation. The president had previously told McGahn that the perception that the president was under investigation was hurting his ability to carry out his presidential duties and deal with foreign leaders.
At the hearing, Comey declined to answer questions about the status of the Russia investigation, stating the Department of Justice had authorized him to confirm that the Russia investigation exists, but that he was not going to say another word about it until the investigation was completed. Comey also declined to answer questions about whether investigators had ruled out anyone in the Trump campaign as potentially a target of the criminal investigation, including whether the FBI had ruled out the President of the United States. Comey was also asked at the hearing about his decision to announce 11 days before the presidential election that the FBI was reopening the Clinton email investigation. Comey state that it made him mildly nauseous to think that we might have had some impact on the election, but added that even in hindsight he would make the same decision. He later repeated that he had no regrets about how he had handled the email investigation and believed he had done the right thing at each turn. In the afternoon following Comey's testimony, the president met with McGahn, Sessions, and Sessions's chief of staff Jody Hunt. At that meeting, the president asked McGahn how Comey had done in his testimony and McGahn relayed that Comey had declined to answer questions about whether the president was under investigation. The president became very upset and directed his anger at Sessions. According to notes written by Hunt, the president said, This is terrible Jeff. It's all because you recused. Ag is supposed to be most important appointment. Kennedy appointed his brother. Obama appointed Holder. I appointed you and you recused yourself. You left me on an island. I can't do anything. The president said that the recusal was unfair and that it was interfering with his ability to govern and undermining his authority with foreign leaders. Sessions responded that he had had no choice but to recuse, and it was a mandatory rather than discretionary decision. Hunt recalled that Sessions also stated at some point during the conversation that a new start at the FBI would be appropriate and the president should consider replacing Comey as FBI director. According to Sessions, when the meeting concluded, it was clear that the president was unhappy with Comey, but Sessions did not think the president had made the decision to terminate Comey. Bannon recalled that the president brought Comey up with him at least eight times on May 3 and May 4, 2017. According to Bannon, the president said the same thing each time, he told me three times I'm not under investigation. He's a showboater. He's a grandstander. I don't know any Russians. There was no collusion. Bannon told the president that he could not fire Comey because that ship had sailed. Bannon also told the president that firing Comey was not going to stop the investigation, cautioning him that he could fire the FBI director but could not fire the FBI. Two. The president makes the decision to terminate Comey. The weekend following Comey's May 3, 2017 testimony, the president traveled to his resort in Bedminster, New Jersey. At a dinner on Friday, May 5, attended by the president and various advisors and family members, including Jared Kushner and senior advisor Stephen Miller, the president stated that he wanted to remove Comey and had ideas for a letter that would be used to make the announcement. The president dictated arguments and specific language for the letter, and Miller took notes. As reflected in the notes, the president told Miller that the letter should start, while I greatly appreciate you informing me that I am not under investigation concerning what I have often stated as a fabricated story on a Trump-Russia relationship, pertaining to the 2016 presidential election, please be informed that I, and I believe the American public, including O's and R's have lost faith in you as director of the FBT. Following the dinner, Miller prepared a termination letter based on those notes and research he conducted to support the president's arguments. Over the weekend, the president provided several rounds of edits on the draft letter.
Miller said the president was adamant that he not tell anyone at the White House what they were preparing because the president was worried about leaks. In his discussions with Miller, the president made clear that he wanted the letter to open with a reference to him not being under investigation. Miller said he believed that fact was important to the president to show that Comey was not being terminated based on any such investigation. According to Miller, the president wanted to establish as a factual matter that Comey had been under a review period and did not have assurance from the president that he would be permitted to keep his job. The final version of the termination letter prepared by Miller and the president began in a way that closely tracked what the president had dictated to Miller at the May 5 dinner. Dear Director Comey, while I greatly appreciate your informing me, on three separate occasions, that 1 a.m. not under investigation concerning the fabricated and politically motivated allegations of a Trump-Russia relationship with respect to the 2016 presidential election, please be informed that T, along with members of both political parties and, most importantly, Importantly, the American public have lost faith in you as the director of the FBI and you are hereby terminated. The four-page letter went on to critique Comey's judgment and conduct, including his May 3 testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee, his handling of the Clinton email investigation, and his failure to hold leakers accountable. The letter stated that Comey had asked the president at dinner shortly after inauguration to let Comey stay on in the director's role, and the president said that he would consider it, but the president had concluded that he had no alternative but to find new leadership for the bureau, a leader that restores confidence and trust. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wanted America's beacon still burns as bright. Tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something, you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Podable, and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making.